Thank you for listening to this Miller Time Media Podcast. This interview took place during our Miller Time Live radio program. For information on the program, you can visit our page on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio. You can also find us on any of your favorite podcasting platforms by searching Miller Time Media. If you do not find us on your favorite podcast platform, not to fear, just send us an email and we'll get it done for you, Radio at outlook.com. Thank you and enjoy. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Empathy for Breakfast. This is a very special Empathy for Breakfast because I have recorded it especially for you, for radio today, and for all of those listeners out there just one day before Mandela Day that want to spend just 15 minutes today thinking about empathy and what we can learn from Mandela and perhaps put into action in the days ahead. Empathy for Breakfast is my weekly breakfast show. It's every Tuesday morning. We've just completed season one, but season two will start on the 4th of August. The role of the show is to encourage conversation around empathy in our world because we have seen 30 years of declining empathy levels all around the world. And the impact of that across all areas of society has really been quite quite drastic and quite sad. We see things such as rising anxiety levels, 335 million people with depression, uh, people burning out from their office jobs, people finding themselves so ill that they can no longer work, and suicide at rates higher than we've seen for 50 years. So my goal as a host and as an author is to write and to provoke conversation around empathy and why is it that we've seen these 30 years of empathy declining and how can we work together to really improve that and turn around that trend. Today's show has been especially recorded for Mandela Day. I am extremely passionate about how we might use tomorrow and all the the days and weeks ahead to really look at how we can drive more empathy into our own families, our social groups and those people around us. Of course, we've got 67 minutes tomorrow to dedicate to others, to dedicate to our community, to really spend in a way that we can show empathy and compassion and kindness. But what I really want to say today is that 67 minutes will never be quite enough empathy and that empathy is something that we need to to commit to practicing over the long term. Now the great thing about empathy is that it's a skill that all of us can learn. We were all born with it, um, contrary to the popular understanding that some people have more or less empathy. We're all born with it. It's something that we evolved with over human civilization. It sits in our prefrontal cortex, part of the brain um, that regulates emotion and thinking. So this is a skill that we can practice. And the great news is that simply by making the decision to try and be more empathetic will make you more empathetic because the brain is something called neuroplastic. And what that means is that the brain will respond and flex based on the information you give it. So if you tell yourself you want to be more empathetic, immediately you will be more empathetic And that's been proven by uh, neuroscience in uh, fMRI machines that track the brain. Empathy for Breakfast as a show has a really unique part in the middle, and that is that I always read live. And I think that today we don't do this enough. I think back to my own grandparents, and they used to read to me all the time. In fact, my father also used to read live to me um, out loud all the time. We know that reading drives empathy, and there's loads of studies and research out there that shows this to be true. 
When we read a story, we step into the world of another. We see the world through their eyes. We can walk in their shoes. That is what empathy is. So we know that reading drives our empathy up. We know that we have a problem with empathy and these declining levels all around the world. And yet reading levels are going further and further down. So at the core of Empathy for Breakfast every week, I read live to all of my listeners from all kinds of different pieces of content. And today, I'm going to read one of Mandela's letters that he wrote from prison. Of course, there are hundreds of these letters. Um, But I'm going to read one that I particularly found poignant. Um, And then we're going to talk just a little bit about empathy and how we can increase our empathy through, through reading and through thinking of the realities of others. Mandela Day 2020 will be a day more critically connecting than any we've ever had, I would argue, because it falls amid this lockdown, fearful society, and many of us are spending our days dodging the threat of this invisible flu that has this huge power over us, far beyond perhaps the name of that virus and what we would think a flu virus could have done to our society We're living through an economic crisis, Um, our businesses are on the edge, we've got people locked inside, Uh, we've got anxiety and fear across all areas of our society and of course there are more hungry mouths and unemployed families than we could possibly reach. It was Mandela himself that said that it is our compassion that binds us together. Um, He said, our human compassion binds us, the one to the other, not in pity, but as human beings. And the reality is, it is in our understanding of each other that we can really pull together, especially in these times of sort of unprecedented um, confusion and anxiety as we try and recover quickly from this virus that is sweeping the planet. Now, Mandela was a huge believer, of course, in Ubuntu, in understanding each other and in reaching out to those around us with dignity, with respect and acceptance. He believed in empathy. So this Mandela Day, the work that I'm doing and what I I would love to share with you today is that beyond our actions tomorrow, can we commit to looking at how we create a more long-lasting impact in the second half of what has been a really tumultuous 2020 so far? And how can we, like Madiba did so many times for so many people, activate our empathy to create more shared understanding, mutual strength and community recovery um, at a pace that resembles something fast and furious and enables us to come back together by the end of, of that year. As I said, we often think that empathy is something that we're born with more or less of, but if we know that that's actually not true and that simply the commitment to the practice can improve our empathy and how we connect with those around us, then perhaps we can really act together to make a change in our shared commitment to empathise. I'm going to read now from a letter that Madiba wrote to um, Zanani and Zinzi Mandela, his middle and youngest daughters, on the 4th of February 1969. And I would like you to just think about how perhaps he felt and how his reality was very different to our own. But yet when we read a letter from him, we can activate that empathy, that muscle in our brain, so beautifully. So here is what he said. My darlings, the nice letter by Zinzi reached me safely, and I was indeed very glad to know she is now in standard two. When mummy came to see me last December, 
She told me that both of you had passed your examinations and that Zenny was now in standard three. I know that I know that Cartho and Marky have also passed. It pleases me very much to see all of my children are doing so well. I hope that you will do even better at the end of the year. I was happy to learn that Zenny can cook chips and rice and meat and many other things. I'm looking forward to the day when I will be able to enjoy all that she cooks. Zinzi says her heart is sore because I'm not at home and she wants to know when I will come back. I do not know, my darlings, when I will return. You will remember that in a letter that I wrote in 1966, I told you that the white judge said that I should stay in jail for the rest of my life. It may be long before I come back. It may be soon. Nobody knows when it will be, not even the judge who said I should be kept here. But I am certain that one day I will be back at home, to live in happiness with you until the end of my days. Do not worry about me now. I am happy, well, and full of strength and hope. The only thing I long for is you, but whenever I feel lonely, I look at your photo, which is always in front of me. It has a white frame with a black margin. It's a lovely photo. For the last two years, I've been asking Mummy to send a group photo of you all, but up until now, I have not received it. That photo would make me even more happy than I am at the present moment. Many thanks for the wonderful Christmas cards you sent me. Apart from yours, I received one other and one from Mummy. I hope you receive more. Mummy visits me two or three times a year. She also arranges for others to see me. Father Long of the Roman Catholic Church, St. Patrick Mowbray in Cape Town, still visits me once a month. In addition, I'm allowed to receive and write one letter every month and all of these things keep me very happy and very hopeful. Please pass my fondest regard to Father Borelli and tell the Mother Superior that I'm greatly indebted to her and all the sisters there for their help and guidance that they've been giving you. Perhaps someday I may be able in some way to return this kindness. In December 1965, I received a letter from Zenny in which she also asked me to come back home. Just as Zinzi says in hers, the English was good and the handwriting so clear, but I was completely surprised to get one from Zinzi. Her English was also so good and the writing was just as clear. You are all doing so well, my darlings. Keep it up. With lots of love and a million kisses, affectionately, Tata. What a beautiful letter I read that a couple of times in preparation for reading that to you today and the first two times it made me cry and I think when you think about what empathy is it is the ability to feel as another perhaps felt to use your imagination to stand in their shoes and when I read those words as a mother myself of a very young child today I can't believe what it must be like to be separated from them. So when we talk about empathy and we talk about 67 minutes of empathy tomorrow and hopefully 67 days and perhaps 67 years of far more empathy around the world, how might we do that? I'm going to leave you with three habits that you can take from Madiba that we can learn from him that perhaps we can bring into our everyday lives in the days and weeks ahead. The first is to be really present Make the people you speak to feel like they are the only person in the room. So tomorrow, on July 18th, many of us will be holding conversations with those less fortunate than us. 
And this is a time to really ensure we're using active listening, really hearing what they're saying. Phrases like, what I'm hearing you say is, will make that speaker feel further encouraged as well as ensuring that you really know what they're saying. Listen to their words, but also listen to their meaning. Don't just hear their voices. The second would be to lean forward physically. Remember that the majority of our communication is actually nonverbal. So be really conscious of your body language and, and how you use that to ensure that the people you're speaking to know that you're listening, that you're present and that you're interested. Uh, lean forward, uncross your arms, keep eye contact just a fraction longer than perhaps you do normally. And you'll really see a difference. It's amazing. The great other thing about empathy is that it's pretty contagious. So the more you lean in and use your body language to encourage others, the more you'll find they do too. The last one goes to a much bigger picture. It's not something you can do tomorrow for sure. But the last one is learn a new language. It was Mandela, of course, who famously said, Talk to a man in a language and it goes to his head, but speak to a man in his language and it goes to his heart. We live in a country of so many mother tongues and yet so often we only speak one, our own. But as a rainbow nation and as we all unite tomorrow, could you perhaps take a pledge to learn a new language, not just for tomorrow, but for every day? Because if it's only to say good morning, how are you to someone else out there who speaks another language of, you know, than your own, Perhaps you could be making someone's day every day for many months and years ahead. Because after all is said and done, recognition for who we are, being seen and being heard is our greatest human motivator. And if you look back to Zulu, to the language and how, of course, many of you know how they, how they say hello and how they recognize each other. Sabona, Nikona, I see you, I am here. So tomorrow, we have 67 minutes to collectively come together and perhaps move forwards in this commitment for a more empathetic world. As I said at the beginning, there are so many areas of our society that could really benefit from all of us committing to just a little bit more empathy, a little bit more often. Now, of course, we won't all get the chance to be the president and reach millions with our empathy and with our messaging. But perhaps we can make some, some small changes that really start to make a difference, particularly in these COVID-19 days where so many people are alone and are stuck at home and are in difficult circumstances and could really benefit from being seen and from being heard. Because in times of tragedy, just let people talk, hear them. So this Mandela Day, Beyond Your Actions, tomorrow, let's all offer a commitment to practicing empathy going forward, to connecting, to understanding, to continually view the world from the eyes of someone else, from the shoes of someone other than our own. And May July 18th marked the beginning of a new practice, to seeing our fellow humans not just for a day, but every day. It may turn out to be the greatest gift you ever give. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Mimi Nicklin and this was Empathy for Breakfast, recorded especially for all of you at Radio Today. I wish you a fantastic Mandela Day tomorrow and I hope to speak to you all again soon.